welcome Hoosier fans to another frustrating episode of the Assembly Call. Today, your Indiana Hoosiers lose 60 to 58 in what was uh, the Big Ten's newly minted tackle basketball game. Uh, the Hoosiers record now sits at 19 and 12 on the season, 9 and 11 in Big Ten play. Uh, it was really a game that was started with our senior scoring, looked good. We got out to a lead, uh, getting our team to a lead that we kind of kept throughout the first half, despite Wisconsin uh, hitting some threes. Uh, defense tightened up to finish the first half. Uh, the lead would carry us over. We held that lead for over 29 minutes, but a horrible drought at the end of the game from Indiana on, I believe, 12 to 1 run by Wisconsin. Uh, put them up, and IU just could not answer uh, at the end there when the game was still slightly in reach. Uh, Wisconsin, I believe, had a lot of the momentum, and uh, we just couldn't answer back in that. Uh, I'm your host for tonight, uh, Chad Schwartzkopf, uh, filling in for you, Jerry you're Morris. Aware of your own, you're aware of your own name, right? It's... Well, yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> well, he puts, the, he puts the chat mob in front of it all the time. I'm trying to drop that chat mob. Come on right. now. Um, but here with Ryan Phillips, as you can hear and see, uh, Ryan and I will break down all for you in this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. And let's start the show the way we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. Uh, today's Banner Moment, I'm going to get away from the game and uh, just give it to the seniors. Uh, not often do you have a class that goes through these, like these two players have had to deal with. Uh, they are the last players that Tom Crean coached. Uh, after the coaching change, they chose to stick it out and stay with the program, which is pretty telling of their fight and commitment to the program. In a current basketball landscape, that uh, kind of thing usually gets littered with transfers, uh, usually for lesser than coaches change, but the guys stuck with the program. Uh, Devante, while often criticized for his inconsistency, uh, has been an electrifying component to this team on many occasions throughout the years. Uh, this year alone, IU would have two of their bigger wins against Florida State and Iowa had it not been for the electrifying performances that he is able to produce. And kind of not since Troy Williams have the Hoosiers had a player that delivers such ups and downs with each play within a game, causing us often to react uh, when he gets the ball to, uh-oh, here we go, here we go, uh-oh, oh, yeah, okay, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But uh, he's also had been the brunt of a lot of criticism from a uh, vocal minority on social media and even uh, a few reporters that have gotten to him. I kind of shudder to think how I would have handled th what he has had to handle when I was 17 to 22 years old. Uh, in last night's press conference, he responded perfectly to this by saying, I probably shouldn't say what I really want to say, but thank you to the good fans for sticking with us for the positivity over the years. Even with the negativity, it's only been fuel for the fire, so I thank them too. They helped me learn how to battle adversity. Devante said all this while his classmate sat next to him laughing. I'm sure Duran wouldn't have pulled his punches like Devante has. But Duran, on the other hand, has not had an issue with his popularity in the fan base. Loved for his honesty, charisma, and tough play under the basket, freshman year brought us a player that had raw talent and got us really excited for the future. Uh, he just needed to get a little bit better and better shape for college basketball. Uh, Duran showed that dedication in the offseason, and after hard, working hard in the summer, he came back faster and leaner and getting fans excited. He started with starting games and shooting an impressive 61% uh, 
uh, from the floor while showing some impressive vision and passing ability on the block. Then he got one of the toughest injuries, Ryan will tell you, a player could get finishing his season and putting him into a fight to get back on his feet during another tough offseason. Uh, Duran fought back, but sadly hasn't been the same since. We've seen little inklings of it, but through it all, he has kept up uh, a good head on his shoulders, never once complaining, even when his minutes and production was dwindling. Uh, Hoosier hysterics call him the grown man, and in a young team that we have, his mentality and big brother attributes have been an asset for this team. I could go on and on about these two, from Devontae's crazy long threes that have blown the roof off Assembly Hall, to Duran standing up for Rob and getting in the face of an opposing player after a hard foul, telling him he he will have a problem if he does it again. Uh, but I'll keep it short from here. Devontae and Duran, thank you for your effort. Thank you for sticking with the program. Thank you for your highs and your lows. And just thank you for being Hoosiers. Our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, which was founded by an IU grad and remains based in Indianapolis. If you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on over at Homefield Apparel, you really need to go to their website, homefieldapparel.com, as soon as you can to check it out. Homefield still has inc- the incredibly soft bison hoodie logo. Uh, shirt made with a tri- soft dry blend material and in addition to the bison hoodie they have the classic iu basketball champions t-shirt the script indiana and the brand new script hoosier shirt if you haven't seen that one check that one out i'm gonna have to get that one uh, you will also find a handful of football inspired designs and even our assembly call logo t-shirts and hoodie All of their designs are unique, featuring logos that date back to the days of Branch McCracken, and every item they sell is incredibly comfortable and maintains its comfort even after you've washed it. This is why we love Homefield Apparel, and we know you will too. And because you're a member of the Assembly Call audience, you get a massive discount when you order at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout, and you will get 20% off your entire order. That's everything in your shopping cart for 20% off using the promo code ASSEMBLY20. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code ASSEMBLY20 for 20% off your entire order today. All right, so now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Ryan, uh, go ahead and go off. I know you've got uh, plenty to say about this game. Yeah, this might take a while. Um Look, Indiana at home in a game that would have locked up a Big Ten tournament bid, or I mean a, a NCAA tournament bid, had a nine-point lead with 10 minutes left. And then they wound up, Race Thompson made two free throws with 6.52 to go to put them up seven. And they had a seven-point lead at home with, with under seven minutes uh, over the next, let's see, like five minutes and change they gave up a 12 0 run where offensively, like defensively, some of the things that were happening, Hey, if Nate Reavers gets in the lane and makes a hook shot over you, when you are in good defensive position, tip your cap, that's a good shot. And and trace Jackson Davis does that to people all the time, but it's your job. Then if you can't stop something defensively to go down and answer offensively and, and make a smart play. And there were plenty of opportunities for Indiana to throw the ball into the post at that point when race Thompson made that free throw, uh, Potter for, for Wisconsin had four fouls. Somebody else had four fouls and Reavers had three fouls. None of them fouled the rest of the game. Um, that's a problem. 
that you're not attacking those guys to get them vulnerable. Indiana was in the bonus early and just stopped attacking and stopped going after it. And, and we're shooting, you know, as, as that run builds and teams go on runs, when that run gets to six points or seven points, frankly, I think Archie Miller should have called a timeout because the game started to slip away. When Wisconsin tied it at 51 uh, with 5.08 to go, Archie Miller should have called a timeout and, and, or should have, should have implemented something that, uh, uh, you know, to get an easy basket. Uh, you've got to, you always have a play in your back pocket that's, hey, let's run this, we'll get an easy basket. Didn't do it. And, and they couldn't execute it when they had the chances. They couldn't execute, couldn't chip away, couldn't, you know, take, it couldn't wind up reversing the tide. Then they got down, it was 56 51 with 118 to go. And guys jog up the floor. You know, at that point, you're down two possessions, probably three, actually, because the way Indiana shoots threes, I mean, just if you're thinking about it, you got to run up the floor and get something quick. They ran a long possession and Al Durham hits a three pointer. Okay, you got three. So now you're only down two. Then you wind up getting a good defensive stop and giving up an offensive rebound to Nate Reavers, who tips it in for for another basket. I mean, it's Indiana just has to be more aware of the situation and what's going on. And and when you start melting down like that and you give up a 12-0 run on your home floor late in a game that, you know what, it's not a, it wasn't a must win game, but it was, Hey, you win this, you punch your ticket. It doesn't matter what happens at the big 10 tournament. You punch your ticket and they just wilted and guys were shooting. I mean, we saw repeatedly on a couple of positions, guys shoot, you know, running floaters in the lane. Like that's not Indiana's offense and that's never a good offense. Yeah. If you make one, okay, cool. You got away with one. It's not a, okay, cool. That's a good shot. I mean, a Devante and Justin Smith both took runners in the lane. Uh, you know, at one point, uh, trace went up kind of soft over Reavers instead of, Hey, bully that guy, make him foul you. Uh, he kind of went up soft and threw one up race Thompson, I think kind of threw one up. I mean, it's again, it's, it's knowing it's being a conscious of the time and the score and what is going on. And we've seen this from Indiana time and time again, to give up these big, big runs and not have somebody step up and answer and be, and just be like, all right, no, we're not doing this anymore. Give me the ball in a place I can score and we could go do this, you know, and, and, and I put that on the coaches as well for not doing something and, and, and you know, not recognizing the urgency and, 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 and stopping it before it got to a point where Wisconsin had a lead. And, and, and once Wisconsin got the lead, you felt like there was no way to stop. Them. It just didn't feel like Indiana was going to win the game. Once they tied it, actually, it just felt like there's no way Indiana's going to win this game because they're in such slow motion offensively. And Indiana, until Al Durham hit a, hit a three-pointer with 55 seconds left, Indiana hadn't made a field goal since the 10-minute mark. And so that was 10 minutes without a field goal. They had four points or five points. Other than that, it was free throws. But when you get up by seven points and you don't score for six minutes, any kind of scoring, free throws, whatever, you're in the bonus. You should be getting free throws. No matter what you do, if you're aggressive on offense, if you cut hard, if you post up, if you get the ball in the lane, you're going to get fouled. And I realize Big Ten officials are awful and they were truly horrific today. But it doesn't matter. You put them in the position where they have to make a call. And and Indiana didn't do that. Indiana was soft. And that's why Indiana lost. It was a soft mentality and they lost. And and you can say Wisconsin's a good team. They took advantage. They've been on a roll. All of that stuff. I agree. If before the game you told me Wisconsin was going to win by four, I'd be like, okay, that sounds reasonable. 
But if you get up by nine or seven with, you know, a few minutes left, you got to win that game at home. You just do. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing as when Indiana was up six at Maryland with a minute 10 to go. You have to win that game. You lose that game. And guess what? These losses are the reason you miss the NCAA tournament. The, in the end, these losses are why you miss the NCAA tournament. If you miss the tournament and it, it's, it's crap like that 12-0 run. It's crap like just turning the ball over and handing it to to Maryland when you're playing them. That's why you miss the NCAA tournament. It's not a, a, a crazy loss in November that loses you. That happens. You can improve and get better from it. It's crap like this. Losing on your home floor to a ranked team. I mean, think about it. Indiana had to watch Wisconsin celebrate a Big Ten title on its floor. Think about that. And, yeah. and you cannot let that happen. And that happened to Indiana a couple times this year. They they allowed Purdue to beat them on their home floor too. But it's but those two games specifically, Maryland and Wisconsin. If Indiana misses that tournament, misses the tournament, those are the reasons right there. Two games you had in your hand and you blew. You actively blew those games. And Indiana has nobody to blame for but themselves for this. Yeah, and, it, and, and and it's not. It's not completely over for for the team. They they still have oh, chance. They still not. have a still line think, for the tournament. Look, I still think they're in the tournament. I'm just saying, if on Selection Sunday things go crazy and don't roll your way, you can be upset at the selection committee, or you can look at yourself and say, "We had two games against ranked teams. We could have won to just put us in the tournament and missed and 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 blew it." And and these aren't again. This isn't some team got hot and hit not hit ten threes in the second half. These are games that were blown that you handed to the other team. And so that's that's on nobody but yourself. If a team walks into assembly hall and hits 23s, you're going to lose. Like there's no and and you, you just tip your cap. This is not that. This is two games they had cinched up against really good teams at the top of the Big 10 and handed them away. And so that's the problem. And 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 that is again when you when you look back on this season, if I'm saying I still think they're in the NCAA tournament, I think if they win a game in the Big Ten tournament, there's no way they can be kept out from my amateur bracketology perspective. <laughs> but if you're gonna, if you, if on Selection Sunday Indiana gets left out, Indiana has nobody to blame but itself because yeah. they could have given the selection committee no doubt that they belong in that tournament, and they had two chances to do that on their home floor with a lead late and blew both of them. They, again, you can't blame anybody but yourself. Yeah, and I, I think you kind of nailed it the, on the head with how it's been with the fan base this year, too, is that, like you said, you look at the score and you kind of go, oh, okay, oh, well, okay, that makes sense, and you don't feel as bad until you actually watch the game and see how it became that score. Sure. You or lose became to Maryland that by that score. You lose to Wisconsin by that score without watching the game. You feel like, hey, you know, those are good teams, and they came in and they got them. But you watch the games. You watch the games. And these are missed opportunities and you stack up enough missed opportunities in the season. And there were some on the road as well. You stack up these missed Arkansas at home, another huge missed opportunity. You stack up these missed opportunities and you got nobody to blame but yourself. And, yeah. and, and, you know, again, good that they were in the game. They played very well to start the, the second half, got a lead, earned that lead, played very well. Their defense was so good. But you knew Wisconsin was going to make a run the way Wisconsin's been playing. Wisconsin's been a comeback team all year. You knew they were going to make a run. And you knew that no matter even good defense was going to get beaten. You got to keep scoring on offense. And to only finish, you know, to have 51 points with 
seven minutes to go and finish with 56 is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And Archie Miller will say that too. It's unacceptable. They did not execute on offense. And when you don't execute against a good team, you're going to lose. You can't, you can't skate by with a run like that. You can beat a team like Nebraska giving up a run like that. You cannot beat Wisconsin giving up a run like that. Yeah. And I mean, we had, we had a a, a similar time at the beginning of this game, uh, about the nine minute mark to six minute mark uh, between those media timeouts where uh, both sides weren't scoring, but it exact, like you said, it was, it was good defense at that point that was causing us to stay in that game and tied that. Cause if you look, there's a big chunk in the plays during that, that time, that time span in the game where neither team scored and IU was at least able to get stops on, on uh, defense. And that was not the case, sadly with uh, the little run at the second net. All right, coming up, uh, we are going to continue to break down Indiana's loss over Wisconsin. I'm going to point out a few meaningful moments that you might've missed. And then we will go inside the numbers to highlight uh, the most important statistical notes of the game. You're listening to the assembly call. Stick with us. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm Chad Schwartzkopf filling in for Jared Morris, and I'm here with Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's loss against Wisconsin today. Uh, it's time for meaningful moments that you might have missed. Uh, this meaningful moment, I'm going to suggest, uh, to me, kind of shows how this, the tone was kind of shifted and set in the first half. I'm going go to go back to the least brighter times in this game. Uh, really, Wisconsin was hitting some threes to start, and our, our defense wasn't doing the greatest uh, stopping those. And then a, a switch was kind of flipped, and we, we got a few stops and everything. But this moment kind of happened at the two-minute mark of the first half. Uh, it was 25 to 28. It had been that score for uh, since about the four-minute mark. Uh, Joey Brunk gets switched up onto Wisconsin's guard who tried to drive, but Joey was amazingly able to keep his feet and movement, not fouling for well over 10 seconds or so, causing him to have to pass it out after he tried to drive on Brunk. Uh, Then they swing the ball around to the end line uh, where Thompson comes over to help. Uh, who, who Justin walled up his man against the line, and uh, they get a good uh, a, a steal from that. And then following up later on, uh, Wisconsin's last possession in the first half, uh, when the score was still that 25 to 28, uh, Brunk was switched up on Trice this time, uh, and he was able to keep him from driving, kept his feet, kept moving, kept his arms up. And he was forced to try to make a shot at the end there, uh, causing a shot clock violation. So uh, Joey, someone that we've kind of criticized before for his uh, defensive movement and everything, has turned it on these past, uh, this past game. And, and this game, I felt like he had a pretty good game um, and was, was something, something at least a, a good bright point to take out of that. Uh, any moments you want to point out? Ryan. Yeah, I, I think it was just uh, I mean, I'm more general with my with my moments, but it's every one of Ray Thompson's rebounds. I just think that that guy had a huge day on the glass and and Wisconsin got some offensive rebounds late against against Indiana. 
But up until that point, I mean, Race Thompson was battling on the boards. He grabbed, let me see how many offensive rebounds. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, he had four offensive rebounds. Uh, you know, Deron Davis had three, and, and Trace Jackson Davis had three. And it was, it was the way they battled early uh, to get those rebounds and keep possessions alive, especially in the second half at times. I, I just thought that Race was doing a great job on the boards. And then, you know, he, he went to the line and made five or six free throws, which he struggled with a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, I, and, and I thought that I've mentioned it already, but those two free throws he hit with 6.52 to go to put Indiana up seven, I thought were huge because he, fa- he, got, he got a foul on Potter to give him his fourth. And then, uh, or I guess, I think, I think Jackson Davis had gotten Potter's fourth. But what, you know, he had gotten another foul on one of the guys who was in foul trouble and went to the line and made both the free throws and put Indiana up seven. You're feeling pretty good about the game there. I mean, obviously, you've got your reservations with this team because you know that they can give up runs, but you're feeling pretty good making those free throws and, and sitting there up about seven. And, and then, you know, as, I mean, at the time, I remember thinking that's huge to make both of those extend it from five to seven. Now it feels like you got a lead where it's five points is two possessions. It's quick. You feel like you, you, you're a little comfortable with the lead and, and looking back on what happened that that turned out to be the turning point of the game for, for Wisconsin. They got a, they got a jumper in the paint and then they just started rolling. Yeah, it, it was that kind of chunk in the second half. I agree with you where uh, Thompson did have that good. He had a good uh, defensive post up against him he too. Really very well defensively. Really, really bang, and really banged on the offensive end on one side when he had a post up. And I, I thought uh, Wisconsin would do their normal flop and try to get gain the charge. But honestly, I was amazed that uh, Rivers or, or Ford, I forgot or who was on him at that point, but uh, took that kind of uh, drive or elbow that he gave to him because that's what the refs were allowing at that point underneath and he was able to score a really good basket. And then, like you said, there was, there was an offensive uh, uh, end where he got two offensive rebounds um, yeah. in, in one play. So, um, yeah, he was very big in that stretch to really kind of keep Indiana. Uh, that foul, in. By the way, that foul was on Ford. I said, I said Potter. I meant Ford. That gave Ford four. And then Potter had had four earlier when he fouled Trace Jackson Davis. So you had two guys with four fouls. You felt two key guys who had played well with four fouls. I mean, you felt like you were getting them in the right spots, and then Indiana just failed to take advantage of it down the yeah. stretch. Yeah, and, and and another moment that I I guess go early on in the game. Uh, Devonte obviously was the hot hand at the beginning of the game and kind of really got this team started from the beginning. And I got nervous at first when he when he was taken out at the first uh, timeout period, uh, but Al kind of took over when he when he came off and uh, probed and, uh, the defense and the offensive side and found an open uh, Jerome Hunter who was able nice to shot. knock down that first three that he knocked. And Jerome looked pretty good in this game, uh, found his rhythm, guys were finding him, and, and he was going quick up with his shot, uh, which was good to see. There was one time where I know that the fans and all of us were – yelling for him to shoot at, in the second half. He received he was uh, off balance. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and that's why it was. He, he received the ball up high and just didn't have time to bring it down and shoot. And, and like you, you've pointed out in post games before, uh, he really needs to get it at his numbers and be able to go up right yeah. away because he thinks about it and, and he just can't make those. Yeah. He's not um, at that point yet. No, no, you know, and I thought I thought what was really meaningful off the jump was the seniors scoring all the points in the first uh, in that first session, and and you know Devontae had sixteen in the first half. Deron Davis had four. I think Deron had the first four of the game, if I'm not mistaken. Might have had four of the first six. I don't know. He scored two buckets real quick. 
um, and Devontae had 16, and Devontae didn't score in the second half. And and there were, I mean, some of the observers at uh, courts, I were saying that he looked a little hobbled coming off at halftime. So, hmm. uh, and then was kind of limping around in the second half. So I uh, wonder if something happened there, but he, he did shoot it seven times in the second half. He just didn't make any, didn't make any shots. Yeah. And uh, I guess that can trans transition us into talk about uh, a few of the numbers from this game. Ah, uh, numbers. Uh, They're not uh, fun. No. <laughs> uh, I've got one. Indiana in the second half shot 31% from the field. That's not good enough. Like, you know, you're not taking good shots when you're only shooting 31%. Uh, one of six from three, uh, which the that three was the late Al Durham three. Um, but they actually defended pretty well. Wisconsin was three of nine from three in the second half. Of course, they hit some big ones, but for the most part, they, you know, kept them in check. But the shooting 31% from the field and only scoring 28 points in the second half will, will hurt you every time when you're at home. You got to close strong at home. And, and, and they didn't. Um, points in the paint, Indiana had a significant lead early and it wound up being a two point lead. They want 22 to 20. Um, <clears throat> Wisconsin's a team that scores a lot of their points from beyond the arc and not in the paint. And the fact that they were able to battle with them uh, was not great. Indiana also, I believe at one point I saw the stat, they led 33 to 22 on rebounds and it finished 38 to 34. So Wisconsin got a lot of rebounds late, uh, got a lot of second chance opportunities. And then I think the other thing that's, that's key is, is Ford Potter and Reavers all finished with four fouls. Indiana didn't attack and foul any of those guys out. Potter had four fouls with like 10 minutes left. It did not foul out. Um, Ford had four with seven minutes left, did not foul out. And then Reavers had three with about 10 minutes left and he did not foul out either. And, and, you know, that's, that's on Indiana for not recognizing those matchups and going at them, or at least putting them in a position where they have to back off because they don't want to foul out. It makes the, you know, trace getting the ball up against, let's say Potter makes it easier because he's not going to foul you. So it's an easier shot to go up into. So the fact that Indiana didn't just hammer those positions and I, and I blame, you know, the guard play for a lot of it, they have to organize things and get things going and, and find guys in the right position. And they didn't do that. So, um, Rob Finnessy had seven assists today, uh, which I thought, I thought he actually played well. I thought he took some shots on the inside that weren't necessarily great shots, but I'd rather have him attacking and taking those shots than just weaving around the perimeter. But when Rob Finnessy has seven assists and knows what he's doing well and and knows how he's running things and, and all that stuff, late in the game, you got to make make those work for you and you got to find the right guys at the right times. And I don't think that the guards did that. Well, and I think the, the glaring thing that you'll just look at and see is, as well as Devontae, our scoring leader with 16, all of which were in the first half. So, I mean, right there, uh, it kind of shows you the, the tale of the offensive halves for IU. And like you said, I mean, our, our, our three-point shooting, uh, one for six, horrible in the second half. But we were five for nine in the first half. And again, that was all yeah, mostly Devontae, 55. Yeah. Uh, they shot 40% for the game. You'll take that as an IU fan. Yeah, yeah. You just don't want to shooting. Yeah. You just don't want to see that second half number. Sure. Uh overall. Uh free throws, not bad. Uh 10 uh for 15, 66%. Could be a little bit better, but some seven of, those... of eleven in the second half. They missed some opportunities there. Yeah, on um, the front end. Uh no no front end misses like we like we tend to have though, at least. We didn't really get fouled. Uh Joey, Joey Brock has to Joey Brock has to rework his free throw motion in the offseason. 
that hitch he's, is weird. He's, he's really struggled lately. It, I, I'm amazed we haven't we haven't drawn more lane violations from that. Like I would jump, I would step in on yeah. that. The weird hitch up that he that got. was. Speaking of lane violations, that was a key play. Was uh, I forget who was shooting the free throws? Um, it was Rivers, I believe. No, it was, it was Potter. It was Potter. Potter. He, okay. he made the first. Now on the second one, he missed it, but Justin stepped in the lane. At that point, Indiana was up fifty-one fifty. And Justin stepped in the lane. They let him retake it. Potter's free throw goes in, ties it at 51. So we gave him an extra point, you know, to tie the game when we didn't need to just by a mental error. And it's like <laughs> juniors and seniors should not be making those mental. I realize a lane violation happens. It's instinct, whatever. But it's, it's you know, if this were a one-off thing with a mental mistake from an upperclassman, you're like, all right, it happens. We'll take it. But when these mental mistakes continue to happen to the older guys, yeah, it's not it's not a good feeling when that well, happens. So and, and and focusing in a little bit more on Justin as well, I think he kind of had an on and off game. Uh, there were a lot of times were parts where, he played really well defensively. Yes, but. and other times where he just was not trailing his guy, was not coming in hard, hands up, and uh, uh, allowed his Woods to get to get hot and be be very Ford. good from three. Ford. Yes, yes, Ford, excuse me, Ford, be very good from three for us and, and really hurt us at, at, at some poignant times in this game. Um, another kind of thing to, to look at is I guess the refs are watching old films and realizing that uh, a lot of those fouls that we get called from Al Durham slipping and sliding, uh, they've realized to yeah. swallow their whistle and think that he's still slipping and sliding when he's getting tackled again. And I just, did like to see that 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 two times Brad Davidson tried to flop to take a charge, and he was like Mister Charge the early when they they were all just flops. And uh, two times Brad Davidson, who was my least favorite player in college basketball, tried to take a charge. They called both blocking fouls because he was he is just a floppy little punk. Um, and Reavers took a charge early in the game on Trace Jackson Davis that was the most blatant flop I've seen all year and they called it as a charge yeah. and I was just like come on guys like don't fall for that crap he he's he's got to be like 260 pounds and he felt like he was a feather like yeah. come on he felt like he was a feather who'd been hit by a train. Like it, <laughs> it's it's a, definitely a Wisconsin calling card, and and it does get aggravating the, that type of thing. And then also they they the talk after they act like they're the innocent is innocent kittens, and and uh, nothing's they're not fouling these guys or having these issues. Um, yeah. Any other numbers not to look at? I mean, turnovers at least were decent. Uh, we won that one seven to uh, ten. For Wisconsin, we scored ten points off those ten off their turnovers. They only got eight. Yeah, off I'll of it. say I'll say nine assists. I mean, Indiana's got to move the ball better than that, and and well, and and find open guys better. And and you know, Rob had seven of those. So that tells you the other guards when they were in there when he was on the bench were not feeding the guys they need to feed. Um, you know, I I think that if you had gone into this game and said you're going to get. 16, nine and four from your primary guard. So that's 29 points. You, you feel pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you only got six from Trace Jackson Davis. You got none from Joey Bronk. You only got four from Duran Davis. You got seven from Ray Thompson. So this was a guard heavy game for Indiana when look, I mean, nobody on their team can guard Trace Jackson Davis. I know he's, he's, he's a little hobbled right now, but if you just feed Trace Jackson Davis the ball, he's at least going to get to the free throw line. And I felt like Indiana didn't do it enough. I felt like they, you know, kind of wilted in the, in the face of that. 
And Wisconsin wasn't really running doubles at the post. They tried a couple times, but they backed off quickly. I just think there was opportunity there. And I think that that should have been the whole game plan in the second half. And they started off trying to do it and just did not repeatedly go there. I realized Jackson was two of eight. I'm fine with him taking 14 shots in this game. You know, I, I, I even if he makes five, especially because, in the end when their bigs are in foul trouble. Yeah. You go right at him. You go right at them. He's trace has gotten a reputation as a guy who can, who can do some things in this league and the referees are going to reward him eventually for that work. And, and, I just felt like Indiana didn't try and exploit that tonight and uh, today. And and I think that's a big part of why they lost. They did not, they weren't true to who they were, which is pound the paint, pound the paint against a team that has two big guys that are susceptible to foul trouble and we're in foul trouble. You know, I, I just think it's pound the paint, let the crowd get into it and, and force the officials to make a call. We need to be able to do that at home and I just I felt like they they missed a huge opportunity to do it. Yeah, along with those assists as well, as well, and I think that is also goes along with the pound the paint is that not a single one of our big guys had an assist in this game, and uh, that's something you want to see a little bit more. I want to see at least moving forward a lot more is getting it into them, and then guys cutting and getting the ball or those dishes out and shots that should be there for this team because our bigs are so good um, was just not there. Uh, during this game. So, yeah. And again, the, the obviously biggest blatant uh, number you can look at is the time with lead. Wisconsin only had the lead for seven minutes and IU had it for nearly 30. So frustrating, again, frustrating. You got to win that game. I, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, 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 that's what I keep coming back to when I'm thinking about this game is you're in that position up seven at home, you know, with seven minutes left. That's a gift. That is a gift someone has given you, and you turned around and you wrapped the you rewrapped the package and handed it back to Wisconsin. Like that is exactly what happened, and and the situation they were in nine times nine nine hundred times out of a thousand, you have to win that game, and and they just they 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 gave it away, and 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 I, I, I keep going back to this, and I know I'm repeating myself, but I keep going back to this. It's you had this game, you had the Maryland game, you had the Arkansas game, and you handed each one of them to your opponent on your home floor. That cannot happen if you want to be taken seriously as a program. The Assembly Hall, there's a mystique about it, there's this energy, there's all this stuff. Well, that only works if you take advantage of it. And Indiana repeatedly did not take advantage of their inherent home court advantage this season. There are people who say that's the best home court advantage in college basketball. It's certainly up there. There's no arguing that it's right there, by the way. Um, But it's, you have to actually take advantage of it and punish teams when they come in. If you are repeatedly just giving up leads and giving games away, then it no longer becomes a place people are afraid to go play in because regardless of the crowd, regardless of the energy, regardless of how big it is, it doesn't matter if the team on the floor is going to hand the game to the opponent. It just doesn't matter. It becomes a fun trip to the other team as opposed to something they're intimidated at. And they go, God, we got to go play assembly. Like we feel about going to play at the barn because it's such a trash arena. You know, they start feeling like, Oh yeah, assembly hall. That'll be fun. You know, it's just, you need to take advantage of your opportunities. You only get half your conference games at home. You got to win them. You know, you got to win them. It's tough to win on the road. You win the home games and you're in great, you're in a great place. Indiana gave away three big 10 road games this year. 
the Purdue game, they just didn't show up to. And then you've got Maryland where they led late, played well for 19 minutes in that second half and then handed the game away. And then Wisconsin had the game in hand and handed it away. You cannot do that and be expected to be taken uh, seriously as a big time program. And that's on, that's on a, I mean, I'm, I'm not blaming the players. It's on the players. It's on the coaches. It's on everybody involved with the program. You cannot do that if you want to be taken seriously. And Indiana talks all the time about being a premier destination of college basketball and all of that stuff. You can't lose games at home that are winnable. You just can't. Cannot give away games. Four home games lost this year. Four. You cannot do that. Yeah, and I think uh, a, a lot of lack of that. And in the one in the one one thirty minute mark after that timeout. Wisconsin had all the momentum at that point. And I watched our guys' body language coming out of that timeout, and we already looked defeated. I didn't see one player, uh, and and a lack that I've seen in this team is during those moments, that bulldog player, that emotional player that's there screaming at the other players, getting them, getting them up, getting them going, getting them ready. Let's get back in this, guys. We have this one. Let's go. And everyone's just looking like they're walking back to their desk from the water cooler. And um, it's frustrating to see that and continually see that. And hopefully that gets uh, solved with some guys that we know that are coming in soon and uh, other guys can step up. I know Al's got that mentality brewing down below. I don't know why he doesn't out in those moments, which I guess we kind of did see. He nailed that three and was the most aggressive at the end there, but he needs to get make it contagious the, with the other guys. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, Al making that three, we needed that three minutes earlier, you know, like yeah. we in the middle of the run so that, and we talked about this all year on, on the, on the post game show and on the, on our radio show is that the, the difference between winning and losing is the difference between instead of having a 12-0 run, ending it at a 6-0 run. You know, that's mm-hmm. the difference between winning and losing is, is stopping those runs in their infancy, knowing when it's a 6-0 run and you're starting to lose momentum. Okay, throw it down to Trace Jackson Davis for an ISO in the post, and let's just let's just end this here. They can they can they can score another couple points after that. I don't care. But like let's we need to answer at some point because even if it's if it's two six oh runs sandwiched around a two, it feels very different than a twelve oh run where you can't get anything done. Like there's there's a different feel to it and there's a different momentum to everything. And if you let them just chip away and chip away and build that momentum and stack bricks and stack bricks and stack bricks and build a wall, they're gonna win the game. And and yeah. and and again, we needed somebody to step up in the middle of that and say, "No, we're ending this now." And nobody did. I mean, they didn't take solid shots. They were wilting from the pressure. They they didn't. Nobody just you know they were again shooting floaters and things like yeah. that. No, you drive in and you stick the ball off the glass if you really want to score this, or you drive right into somebody's chest and make them foul you. You know, I, I it's or you catch and step into a three. Like there there's instead of dribbling around and maybe firing one. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a subtle difference, but it's a difference between winning and losing is, is stopping those runs, you know, again, at four, at six, before they get to 12, 15, 20. Yep. Punching back before too many punches hit you. All right. So uh, coming up on the assembly call, we will hand out our game balls and hit any other lingering storylines. We also look ahead to what's up next for Indiana. Uh, Then it will be time for last call. That's all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us.
is Jordan Halls, and I never miss a shot or an episode of The Assembly Call. Man, it stings more and more when you hear those guys that are clutch uh, call us back into a program after a loss like this. Uh, you're listening to The Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm Chad Schwartzkopf filling in for Jared Morris as host today. And I'm here with Ryan Phillips. And we are breaking down Indiana's loss against Wisconsin. Uh, it's time now for our game balls. Um, game balls are hard to figure out in, in games like this. Uh, I've got a few different ones that I'm marinating in my head. Ryan, I want you to take a punch at it first. Oh, I get to go first. Um, I think there's there's three guys you could potentially give it to. I think Al Durham, Devontae Green, and Race Thompson. Uh, I think I thought Race Thompson was the best player on the floor on both ends for Indiana. Um, that's not just the Race Thompson fan club in me. I, I really think he was. But he didn't, he didn't take his three shot. He didn't take his one three shot that you wanted I, to. I know, and that's kind of bothering me, Race. Like, Come on, buddy. We're right here. You got it. You got to do it. Uh, he was one of five from the floor. I, you know, I'm going to grade this on a curve. I, um, I'm going to give it to the senior, uh, Devonte Green, for a 16 point first half. If he truly was injured in the second half, that makes sense because he cooled off quick and and he wasn't getting as much lift on his jumper. He shot a couple in a row that were really short, and people courtside were saying he was limping. So I'm going to kind of grade this on a curve and give it to him for the first half when quite frankly, nobody else on Indiana was really doing a whole lot other than Deron Davis in that first stretch. So he had 16 of Indiana's 28 in the first half. So he really kept Indiana in the game, had them with a lead early. Uh, they started to, you know, they played well without him in the second half without him logging a, a, a ton of minutes, but I thought that he was uh, his start to the game really put Indiana in a great place. And quite frankly, I think that, um, had he been healthy in the second half, I think he would have played better. Though I will say this, on the plus-minus scale, Devontae was a minus 10. Uh, so, But I think the first half was good enough that I'm going to give it to him. Uh, in the, He was also on the floor for a lot of that run in the second half, so that's what did it. But on the plus-minus, Jerome Hunter plus 2 in 13 minutes, Joey Brunk plus 4 in 11 Um race Thompson was at minus one. Uh, so he might be the better pick Chad. Uh, I'm, I'm teeing it up for you, buddy. Uh, Al Durham was also a, a zero. He was an even for the day. I don't know. I mean, you, you've, you hit on the players, obviously that I was marinating between two. Um, I, I could also honestly, maybe had he done more in the, in the second half or, or more throughout the game, maybe consider Duran as well. Cause he was yeah. uh, kind of crucial in getting us started at the beginning of the game. Um, but you, you kind of, you, you swayed me, you convinced me to go with Devante as well. Uh, especially if, if these reports coming in that you've said, uh, are true about the second half, um, if he's hobbling, he still went in there and had some and decent, it was, decent it was, defense. It was senior day too. I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm, yeah, that's why I'm giving it to a senior. You get a little, little extra gift for that, yeah. but that, that brings his total to four for the year. Uh, Trace still leading with 11, Joey with four, Al with three, Rob two, Jerome two, Race two, Armand one, and Deron Davis one, and still nobody uh, sitting there with uh, one as well. One time that, we, that did not give a Oh, a, yeah. A, um, 
something that's interesting too is that uh, we didn't really see uh, Armand Franklin uh, in there. In, in the minute sheet, I'm showed that he played for five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> so he know. came into foul late. Yeah. What? Oh, okay, that's what that was. Yeah, but, they ran uh, him onto the floor. They didn't show it. They ran him onto the floor real quick. Okay, to help foul uh, at the end. I, now, I, I guess I would I would lean that towards the fact that I guess the other other guys were doing pretty well, but had had we not had that that scoring drought from Devonte in the second half, uh, I would understand that more. But I, I, I maybe would have wanted to see a few more minutes out of him uh, to at least test the waters during that tough stretch to see uh, uh, what he could have done to to get yeah. things going. And Armand's been a little more aggressive driving recently. And uh, I, I think that's good for him because I, I think the standing on the perimeter shooting threes game is not his game right now. I think it could be. I think it will be. I think he's going to be a better three-point shooter. Unless he's from the right wing, I, I have no confidence that he's making a three-pointer. I know he had that game against Notre Dame where he hit a bunch, but uh, that has not been consistently his MO. And, and so he's been driving more aggressively. One thing I like about Armand, and and he and Trace kind of have a, a bit of a relationship when they, they throw the ball to each other and, and, and he'll, he'll post, he'll get it to trace. If trace isn't in a good spot, he'll throw it back, repost and get it back from Armand. And so I, I think that they've got a little bit of a, you know, a chemistry going, which is going to be good for Indiana moving forward. But yeah, I understand later in the year, they're shortening the rotation and we've seen better games from Al Durham, Rob Finnessy, and even Devonte green has been more consistent over the past couple of weeks. I mean, not, where you want him to be, but he's been more consistent. And I think that's kind of aced Armand out of the guard rotation. Well, and I, I guess in this game too, where he was so hot early, Devonte, you had to hope that he would get hot again and, and stay hot. So I get, you have to get those minutes to him and everything. You, you mentioned about the connection between him and, uh, and throwing it down to Jackson Davis. And it's funny because I actually have that same thought with Devonte and uh, Durant. You see Devonte a lot of times being the, the chief guy that really gets it down there for Durant. Uh, when he's in the game for the most part. Um, so uh, any other lingering points you want to bring up about this game? Uh, you can't blow the, you cannot blow a game at home like this. I mean, you just can't, I know I keep going back to that, but that's what it is. That's the story of the game there is you yeah. have, I, if this happens to you on the road, you feel like, God, we blew a game, but it was on the road. You know, like you can't let this happen at home. And Archie Miller, I know he knows that, but Archie Miller's got to stop this crap. Like this can't happen again and again and again. And to suffer four home losses this year, one against Arkansas that you led that you should have won, one against Maryland that you led and you should have won, and one against Wisconsin that you led and should have won. That's that's an indictment. And the and the other one it was Purdue where you didn't even show up. I almost forgive the not showing up in the middle of a tough season, like mm-hmm. more. Then and, and even though it's against Purdue, I mean that's you know I was at that game. Nobody was playing well, you know. But but these the games that you lead late and give away are far more concerning than not showing up against Purdue. And not they hurt. They hurt more as a fan because you had it. Yes, it's there. You know, and and so that's that's the most frustrating part of this, man. And I will go back to that over and over and I'll hammer that point and repeat it over and over. You cannot be a big time college basketball program. If you do crap, like you did today, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's coming and and coming up programming uh, for assembly call. Make sure you check out uh, banner Monday 
with Mike DeCourcy. Uh, he always does great programs. And, and this Monday one, especially, you'll want to check out because uh, with brackets getting down to the nitty gritty and everything, don't believe the ESPN hype train with Joe Leonard, Leonardi, Leonardo. Leonardi. I can't Leonardi. stand it. Oh, I can't yeah, stand no, it. And by the way, Joe Leonardi is a bottom 25% bracketologist. Do not pay attention. He, he said the other day that, well, I, I don't think if you're under 500 in your conference, you should, uh, you, you know, you should go. I think ridiculous. It, it, by the way, Joe, that's not a metric that anybody but you uses. You can say you don't like that, but the but the people on the selection committee do not use that as a metric. So <laughs> your feeling on that doesn't really matter. Your job is to project what the bracket's going to be, not who you think should be in the bracket by your little uh, you know, personal criteria. So pay attention to Andy Bottoms, pay attention to the Delphi bracketologists. <clears throat> those people know what they're doing and they've got Indiana in the field. Yeah. Uh, and then also next up will be Wednesday's game. I don't think we have a start time for that yet. Uh, almost perfectly set that that'll be against Nebraska, uh, a Nebraska team that I think would, there was just news that came out today that two of their yeah, players got suspended. got suspended for something. Uh, got sent home early from a, from a away game that was going on. Uh, obviously not one that you want to take uh, lightly again, uh, a game that you want to see, uh, IU get to add to that resume uh, and then possibly steal the one following up from that. I don't know if that game is a hundred percent set. I think that could be, could be Purdue or could be, I haven't looked to see what the, there's too many more games to be played. There's obviously. Too many to go. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, can't tell. There's a lot of movement that could still happen. Uh, but yeah, you are listening to the assembly call IU post game show. Remember that because you are an assembly call listener, you get 20% off your entire order at homefieldapparel.com with the promo code assembly 20. So if you want to get a great deal on the most comfortable and unique IU apparel that you'll find anywhere, go to homefieldapparel.com and use promo code assembly 20 for 20% off your entire order. Okay, Ryan, it's uh, time for last call. I know it's going to be, you feel like you're repeating yourself again, but uh, let, let's, let's give it, give, give us one final rant to uh, bury at home. They had it. They had this game and they had Wisconsin on the ropes. They had three guys in foul trouble, three key guys in foul trouble uh, with seven minutes to go and up seven and couldn't finish it. And at some point, someone's got to be a leader on this team and push them to do the right things. And whether that's coming from the bench or the floor or whatever, that needs to happen. And, and this team has not had it all year. This team has gone through lulls of, of terrible play before. And, and while I do think that the coach coaching staff has to do certain things and, and has to put them in the right position to win, I'll also say that I think that at some point you got to stop looking to the bench for, you know, for your motivation to win, to go win a game. You got to have that inside you. You have to want to go win a game and you have to want, know what you have to do to win a game. And, and, and so that leadership we've talked about all year, that void of leadership and the, the lack of leadership and, and some, you know, the lack of somebody who's an alpha dog to step up and be like, Hey, this is on me. I'm going to do this. That comes back to bite you in games like this. And, and Indiana, again, I'll say it again, had plenty of opportunities to punch its ticket to the dance. And there have been three home losses where they probably could have clinched the spot. Instead, you're going into the first day of the Big Ten tournament. Pro I don't know if you need a win, but a loss would be bad for, for their resume. 
and you don't want to end the season losing two games, you should win. And, and so I'll just say that Indiana was its own worst enemy this year when it came to these situations. It easily could have closed three home games out with wins and failed to do so. And it has nobody to blame but itself. And, and Wisconsin's a good team, and Wisconsin took advantage, just like Maryland's a good team, and Maryland took advantage. But those two games are the difference between, you know, think about that. You win those two games, what are you, 11 and 9 in the Big Ten? In the mm-hmm. upper half, you get a bye the first day of the Big Ten tournament. You're solidly in the NCAA tournament. Think about the difference there. What, what six minutes of playing time change for this season? And think about when you have to be at your best as a player and remember that Indiana failed to do so. So on Selection Sunday, again, if Indiana gets left out, you can point to those specific, that six minutes of basketball, seven minutes, whatever it was of basketball in those two games that Indiana failed. And those are situations where you cannot fail as a home team in a major conference like that. So... That's that's all I have to say about it. I I think that uh, you know credit Wisconsin for closing it out and playing well, but Indiana did this to itself, and and Wisconsin gladly accepted the gift that Indiana handed them, same as Maryland did earlier in the season. I feel the exact same way. Those two losses are a disaster for Indiana's season. Does it sink the ship? No, but those are disastrous results given the situation, the time and score, and all of that. Yeah, look, if it closes out the season. Uh, a season that uh, was kind of around the record that we thought we would be at. Uh, but it kind of ends it uh, with a little bit of frustration and kind of in the way as, as, a, as kind of to uh, accumulate the whole regular season for this IU team where we had a lot of good play and then we just have some minor breakdowns that, that cause some problems and cause us aggravation as fans and have uh, caused us to lose games. But uh, it's at least uh, a bright side. You can take away some positives from this game, some good efforts from a few players for the most part. Uh, like I said, it's a good Wisconsin team that came in that was uh, going to fight because they had a chance to have a, a Big Ten regular season title. And uh, any team's going to go anywhere that they are when they have the chance to do that and fight and claw. And uh, we also needed to fight and claw, though, because this was a chance to uh, punch our ticket and go to the dance with the uh, – the popular kid in school. Uh, we're still going to the dance, but that popular kid said, said no to our uh, date request. So uh, be there. Let's, uh, let's get up there to uh, this uh, Nebraska game. It's not too far from home. It's just up in Indianapolis. So IU fans uh, go to the game, cheer them on, keep fighting with them. Get let we can only give them uh, what we can. And that's with our energy and our cheering. So let's make sure that we're positive fans and we can keep that going with them uh, to continue on. Uh, so yeah, that's, I think all we can really say about this one for that. So that's going to do it for us on uh, this edition of the assembly call IU post game show. If you want to see us do the live show and be a part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall.com and don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 for our free email newsletter. Uh, Special thanks to Bob Thompson who produced much of the music you hear on the show and uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back again for IU Hoops uh, on Monday. Check out the Monday show and our usual Thursday night show and until then, take it from me, Jordan Halls. 
Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Here I come. This is Don Sony. The thing about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with a ring-tailed lemur from Progressive or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle. <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.